This is a podcast from Camden Community Radio. For more information and to volunteer, email info at ccradio.org. One of my New Year's resolutions was to come to more like different things in London, um, and I bought the tickets for one of my best friends, um, who I've done lots of kind of campaigning with on different like feminist issues. And I, when I saw the name of the kind of series of uh, performances, Calm Down Dear, I was like, I need to go to one of these. This January, I went to see two very special acts showcasing at the Camden People's Theatre's Feminist Festival, Calm Down Dear. When you walk into the foyer of the Camden People's Theatre you feel as though you are stepping into an extension of your living room. The only difference is that instead of my annoying little brother, there's Dan, the bartender, pouring me a sumptuous glass of red wine. By seven, crowds of friends and family began to gather in the candlelit room and the atmosphere became electric, filled with the warm chatter and laughter of people who couldn't wait to sit back with a glass of wine and watch the show. The first play of the night was Rachel Afori's So Many Reasons, the headline act of the festival. The one-man show is a beautifully told story of growing up in a world where women's roles are forever changing, told through the eyes of a young British Ghanaian woman. Afori's character Melissa is caught between two polar opposite worlds, where on the one side she has a devoutly Christian and Ghanaian-born mother who preaches the marriage ideals to her, but on the other, a rebellious sister and school friends are all learning about what a modern-day woman's body should look like from Cosmopolitan magazine. After the crowds are dispersed, I was lucky enough to have a drink and a chat with the star herself. I'm Rachel Afori and I'm a born and bred Londoner, actress and writer and I'm writing and performing in So Many Reasons, which is headlining Camden People's Theatre's yeah. Festival of Feminism. Um, so what inspired you to write this particular play? Um, I think I was just really interested in the cultural differences between um, mothers and daughters, um, my own relationship with my mum being a springboard in that she is a migrant here, mm-hmm. a first generation, and I'm a first generation citizen, yeah. and how that affects the way we see the world as women, um, and where our ideas meet and where they clash, and I just thought that would be a fun kind of springboard to yeah. explore a show and like all the comedy of first time sexual encounters. Yeah. So um, was a lot of it then you, what you sort of... Um, the actors you portrayed, the, the character. I think a lot of it was just like things that I thought would be fun to do, like have a Brazilian on stage or like try an orgasm on stage. <laughs> that would be fun. Um, so that so was very funny. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so I just thought I'd just write stuff like that. But I think yeah. in terms of like the context of like Christianity and kind of rebelling against this, I don't know, like omnipotent patriarchal yeah. being, um, that was quite true to my own upbringing and I was very was raised to be very religious and was very much involved in the church um so yeah I think that was kind of probably where the the truth of the show came from was in that yeah because you talk about the role of mothers Mm. sort of quite a lot um so was your mother very influential for you in your life well uh yeah I was it was just uh, my mom looking after us Mm. and um yeah, and she's a real powerhouse. So, uh, yeah, she had, like, a massive, massive effect on how we kind of approached the world. And obviously, because she was on her own, she just would try her very best to make sure that she instilled, like, very strong, um, what's the word, like, foundations and very strong... So that we, we kind of, like, had, you know, a strong kind of base in which we went out and attacked the world. Yeah. 
Well, she might have had different views on women and, and gender roles. Yeah. And was this a point of contention between you two? Was your relationship tense at any point because of them? Um, I don't think it was necessarily tense because of our differences. I think um, you just don't really contend with your mother in, yeah. uh, in like West <laughs> no, African agree. culture. You're just like, okay, yeah. we just don't agree. We're not going to talk about this. Um, no, no, or I'm not even going to make it clear to you that I disagree sometimes. Um, so, yeah, so I think like we have different views in that. Um, because a lot of like West African culture is so synonymous to a lot of like Christian Christian like um, principles. Um, that's the word I was looking for before. Principles. 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 Um, yeah, sure. Principles. Um, like yeah. So then, the ideas around women and their position in you know the world in comparison to men, they're always like second secondary citizens. And so in that respect, like sometimes I'm like I want to challenge my mom and go and like don't you realise how strong you are and what you've managed to achieve and like you know this idea that women are secondary just doesn't yeah. really add up for me so sort of bring up the whole topic of um, Alexa was it oh, Alexia, Alexia um, yeah. so did you do you have a sister um, yeah I mean I've got two sisters and three brothers like it's a big okay. family like okay. yeah Mel's yeah. family is very close knit in that it's you know just women her sister and her mum and I just thought that would be really exciting to like have the contentions of these three women in that the mother had these very strong foundations yeah. of like God and and um, and the sanctity of marriage um, and Alexa kind of being this like girl who was really experiencing the world and then ending up like a you know teenage pregnant teenager and pregnant and then Mel kind of being like well okay you know where do I fit in all this so I think that's where that kind of came from in that having these three very kind of strong-headed women in one house and um, seeing how their, you know, their attitudes to the patriarchy or whatever kind of influenced the way that they affected the world. Do you consider yourself rebellious? I don't think so. I think I'm just kind of like, um, just live your life. I think when I was growing up, like there were so many, you know, strong ideas about like perfection and the way in which you must, you know, go about your life. And at this age, you're ticking this box and you're married and you're having kids and you're, you know, being this powerhouse of a woman and all these things. And I'm just like, I don't think I'm a rebellious person. I'm just, I'm just like, okay, well, okay, do you? Like, do I just, you? Yeah, I just yeah, don't yeah. really, like, have time to be, like, allowing all of that stuff to... Yeah. Do you think that individuality can exist? And, I mean, always society so sort of... Um, concentrating on creating this image of a woman and this image mm. of a man, or femininity yeah. and masculinity. Do you think, yeah. um, is it possible, is it difficult to be individual? Um, I think you're always going to be a product of your society, like that's yeah. always going to affect who you are. Um, but I think the main thing is to just, in terms of being individual, like it's more about just being true to yourself. I think sometimes using the term individual isn't necessarily useful because you're trying to then be this super unique thing that might not even be you in the first place. Yeah. So I think it's more about just being true to you and like being integral to what you know you really believe in. I think you know when you're compromising your own beliefs. You know when you're you know when you're doing something for the sake of trying to be unique or cool or fancy or in vogue yeah. or whatever. And I don't think it's about that. I think it's just about like. Like allowing yourself to take time to find what you are and you know and not rushing that or forcing that because there's so much like pressure for you to be like an individual product or something unique or whatever and even like chasing that actually you find yourself just looking like everyone else so no no I, I, I agree absolutely what's interesting about this festival at the moment is that I guess it's sort of as you've said in the um as it's advertised, it's sort of foregrounding feminism as well from a sort of a black woman's point of view. Yeah. So um, I wanted to just talk to you about um, 
just in general, I mean, do you think you have been more sexualized because of the color of your skin? Yeah, I think so. I think when I was growing up, like, I was very um, sporty and, like, really enjoyed playing athletics. Uh, playing athletics? <laughs> Doing <laughs> Participating yeah, in yeah. athletics. Um, and, you know, and just trying all sports and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then, yeah, and then I was actually quite skinny growing up. Like, I've kind of been this high since I was about 14. Yeah. Um, so... So, yeah, so I was not really, like, considered one of the cool, like, sexy girls. Like, oh, yeah, maybe she's got a pretty face, maybe. But, like, I was, like, really boyish. Um, and then when, like, boobs started to appear, people were like, oh, hello. Um, and then yeah. it just became, like, you just kind of had no control over it. Like, you suddenly you were just this kind of sexual being. Like, and you didn't have to do much. You just walk into a room and people just kind of have this idea of you. Um, and it just kind of comes across in the way that you're spoken to and the way that people engage with you. And you're like, oh, OK, that's really interesting that... Where does that come from? Do you know this idea that, yeah. or like, wait, all the way people would describe you to someone else or something? You're like, oh, that's interesting. Like, why would you? I haven't done anything overtly like sexual or like raunchy or flirtatious. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I think I do think it is a lot to do with the fact that I am a black woman, um, and uh, yeah. But it is what it is, isn't it? Like, yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. There are funny moments, moving moments, and moments when you find yourself nodding along to Fori's words, thinking, yep, that has definitely happened to me, or yep, I can definitely relate. From a Fori having you remember what it was like to get teased at school for owning a fake designer leather jacket instead of a real one, to your disgust and terror of ever starting your period, to the girls in school who are all having sex before you and leaving you feeling frustrated for not fitting in in this way. But there are also deeper themes of self-discovery here as Melissa struggles to be the individual she wants to be and has to harshly come to terms with the reality that the two distinct paths that have been mapped out for her since puberty, her mother's religious one and modern society's more liberal one, had not borne her any fruits. It's just so honest. Um, yeah. And also just, but I mean, what a talent she is as well. It was really funny and, and actually very relatable. It's beautiful language and the seamless transition between a really heartfelt just sort of telling us like it telling it like it is a great thing to you know yeah. to see and be a part of Ofori has a powerful and dominating stage presence and her chameleon ability to seamlessly slip into different roles truly absorbs her audience into the story Ofori retells all of our stories the difficult transition that we all go through from adolescence to adulthood and the myriad of contrasting images that women must today conform to you are listening to a podcast from Camden Community Radio. www.ccradio.org.